That is our confession tonight, Father God. That is our confession that without you we are lost. Without you we are utterly hopeless. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge you tonight. We bless your name tonight. We praise you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the power and the presence of your spirit. We honor you. We bless you. You are the air that we breathe indeed. Your presence is what we need. And we thank you for that presence tonight. By the power of your spirit. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your refreshing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father. We praise you. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, you may take your seats. Praise God. Ooh, what a refreshing. Praise God. I came in tired and I'm already very freshened and quickened. Thank God. Thank God for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Praise God. So quickly tonight, let's just uh, do a review from last Sunday. Uh, let me just lead out by reading a couple of scriptures from the Gospel of St. John, John chapter 5. John chapter 5, uh, in verse 30, first of all, verse 19, John five nineteen. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. The Son can do nothing of himself. Now, this is the Son of God speaking. And he's telling us that he alone of himself by himself can do nothing. He goes on to say, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And then in verse 30 of the same chapter, John chapter 5, verse 30, he again re-emphasizes what he said in verse 19. He said, I can of myself do nothing. This is very instructive for us. If Jesus in his earthly ministry is making this declaration and telling us that he of himself can do nothing except what he sees his father do. And then again in John chapter 15, John chapter 15 verse 5. John 15 verse 5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And I'm using the scriptures tonight as a springboard. Hello? Are there angels speaking to us or something? <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, and so... He, 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 I'm using these scriptures to, as a springboard to review from last Sunday morning. Last Sunday, we began to speak on the fact that the Holy Spirit is the administrator of grace. In fact, a scripture in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, I believe it is, calls him, refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of grace. And so the point here being, Everything we know that God has given us, is given to us, and has done for us, will ultimately be dispensed, administered, and given to us by and through the person of the Holy Spirit. 
just as the Holy Spirit enabled Jesus in his earthly ministry, guided him. And Jesus, as we just read in John, John chapter 5, did not do anything apart and except for what he saw his father do by the Spirit. Everything he did was in orchestration or in symphony with what the father was doing or saying. And so that's the same chart that we have. And I just really want that to really, to really dawn upon us. And when we look at the scriptures we looked at on Sunday morning, uh, in Zechariah chapter 4, Zechariah is a prophet. And he was given a series of visions to convey different messages to Israel. And from the context of the entire scripture in Zechariah chapter 4, we knew that the Israelites had come out of captivity from Babylon with a sole purpose and mission of building a temple. They began to build that temple, laid the foundation, and then opposition came against them. And then when they saw opposition, intimidation, harassment, persecution, they backed down. And for 16 years, they did not do anything. They were just taking care of their business. So God gave series of visions to Zechariah to encourage Israel and in particular to speak to the governor, Zerubbabel. And to let Zerubbabel know that it's time to get up and begin to build again. Now, the interesting thing about this passage, let's just go there, Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. From verse 1. He said, Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who's wakened out of his sleep. Now, this is very significant. I didn't, I didn't address, I didn't milk these verses on Sunday because of time. I mean, I just, there's so much that could be said, but that I didn't say. Now, it's very interesting to see the description of how this vision came to him. He said, the angel who talked with me came back. He came back because he's been coming to him previously. This was the fifth vision. So four times before this, this angel has spoken to him and given him a vision. And wakened me. That should have been enough. But he said, waking me as a man who is waking out of his sleep. Now remember who's, who, who's, who's getting this revelation. This is Zechariah the prophet. Okay. Now, they, okay, let, let, let me read that and then I'm going to come back. <laughs> and he said to me, what do you see? So I said, I'm looking and there's a lampstand of solid gold. So now, this prophet was very familiar with the old covenant. Okay, so when he saw the lampstand of gold, it was not something that was bizarre to him. It was already, his mind was already saturated with what was in the temple. Because he was a prophet. He understood what that, what that meant, okay? So let's, let's read on. A lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it and on the stand, that, that meaning the lampstand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one on the right of the bowl and the, and the other on its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me, said, what are these, my Lord? Now, lampstand, I understand, I know that in the temple. Boy, olive trees and pipes, what's all this stuff? Now, let me go back to that verse 1, then, then we're going to break this down. He said, he wakened me as a man awakened from his sleep. 
for many of us, when the gospel of God's grace began to come to us, we were, men, we were like men and women who were asleep. We needed to be woken up and say, listen, there is something going on. Why? Because we had already been settled, established, and familiar with something that we were doing and living in that we just thought this is the end of it. So in order for us to embrace this new, or I won't say new because it's always been there, for us to embrace this different direction that God is trying to take us in, we had to be woken up. So, shit, wake up. There's something going on. <laughs> you know, you know if, if, God forbid if the house was burning and somebody was sleeping. If they were in a deep sleep, you just don't say, get up. <laughs> if, if you just say, get up, they may just get burned in the whole, house, in the whole thing. You have to shake them. Come on, we, we need to get out of here. <laughs> That's what's happening here. The angel was conveying an urgency to Zechariah. You guys have served God like this in the past. And for 16 years, everything has come to a standstill. Nothing is happening. Because you guys used to do it by yourself. You had to go to the temple. You had, no, not the temple. You had to go to the fields, get the olives, crush them, press it, get the oil, bring the oil to the temple and pour the oil on a lampstand every day, morning and night. That's the system you were brought up in. That's the system you grew up with. That's the normal way of doing things back then. But God is awakening Zechariah to tell Zerubbabel, and by extension to us today, that we will no longer have to do things for God the way we used to do them. That was good in its day, but this is a new day. Because now with what God showed him, the two olives will produce the olives, the oil will be pressed, and will be passed down through the pipes to the golden lampstand on their own. Signifying a day and a season when things will be done by God's power exclusively. It will not be by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. That's where the scripture came from. For years we will quote that scripture. Not by might, huh, not by power, huh, but by my spirit, said the Lord. Hallelujah. And, and everybody gets all, hey, hallelujah. But, but we miss the context. The context there is we're living in an era in a season when God is doing all the work. Now, does that mean I just go lay down, I don't ever do anything? No, that's not what it means. It means I am at work, I'm at rest while I'm working. Let, let me say that again. I'm at rest in him while I'm at work. I'm not toiling. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing by the initiative of the Holy Spirit who's giving me direction, who's telling me, bank, you need to do this, bank, you need to do that. And as I begin to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, it's leading me to a place of abundance, of prosperity, of joy, of peace, and of fulfillment. Because he knows the end from the beginning. And then he guides us. So what I'm trying to say tonight is, we all need to really, really become consciously aware of the power and the presence of a helper. That's where Jesus described him. John chapter 14, John chapter 15, John chapter 16. The helper, who is the Holy Spirit, is here to help us. And everything God has ever done for us and will do for us, the Holy Spirit is the sole administrator of it right now. 
He wants to guide you and give you the portion of your inheritance. He wants to lead you into that place of plenty. He wants to lead you into a place where you will find satisfaction and fulfillment because he has the keys. He has the keys. Amen? So, on Sunday, I, I, I gave two critical keys of many more observations which we're going to dive in maybe next Sunday. Two keys, two things, two observations I said that uh, the Holy Spirit, through the, through the person of the Holy Spirit, we can see two things. One of them was lubrication. Because oil that's produced through the lampstand is used, it, it, it helps in lubrication. And that where there's the lubrication of the Holy Spirit in our lives, where there's oil in our life, there will be less friction. Does anybody want to talk into that tonight? Anybody got anything about that tonight? Uh, has anybody thought any more about that to see how the oil of the Holy Spirit that oils our life, that refreshes our life, minimizes, reduces any kind of friction? Do you guys agree with that? Do you see that? <laughs> any takers, any questions about that? Fidelis, you have a question about that? Or a comment about that? Oil, which is the essence of what produces the light of the temple. By the way, by the way, by the way, these guys are trying to build a temple in Zechariah chapter 4. We are the temples today. They were building the physical temple. We are the spiritual temple of God. God dwells in us by the power of his spirit. Yes. And the lamp in that temple that we just saw is the lamp, that, is the lamp stand that gave light to the entire temple. So the implication is the light of the Holy Spirit in us is what not only lightens our world, but guides us as we move on and do things. So we are not walking in darkness. We have the light of life, John chapter 8, according to Jesus. Amen? But, but I just want us to really think about that. So what I'm saying to us is anytime there's a friction, irritation, annoyance, strife, any such thing in our lives, in our homes, with our children, co-workers, our friends. Exactly. Check the oil level in your, in your system. Check the oil. Before you jump and start blaming somebody, check the oil level. Just like the dashboard in your car. When the oil is low, a light will come on. A red light. Signifying your oil level is low. And if you keep on running that car or that machine without taking heed to that caution, ultimately the engine will stop. And that's what happens to us. That's what happens. Little, little things. Irritation after irritation, annoyance after annoyance, that we don't take heed. Because what, what, when I say don't take heed, what happens? We blame the other person. Now, I'm not saying the other person is not wrong. But you must understand that in this work with God, God is, when you're dealing with God, it's not talking about the other person. It's talking about you. Because, first of all, the only reason that irritation is getting to you is because you've not died in that area. I mean, come on. If, if you had a body that used to smoke opiates, what do they do? Do they smoke it or smoke? I don't know what they do. Do they, do they swallow opiates or smoke it? I don't know what, what they do with it. But if you know a guy that, that was using opi, op, 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 opiates and he died... It's in the casket. 
If you come to him in the casket and bring up yourself and say, hey, okay, friend, let's, let's, go, let's go do some more drugs, he can't answer you. He can't. He's dead. So what I'm saying by extension is, when people are irritating us, we are not responsible for what they are doing. We are only responsible for how we respond. You can't, I can't change what they do or how they do it. It's not, it's not for me to change. I can only deal, deal with myself. How am I responding? And so what I'm saying to us is, we will respond in a negative, ungodly way if we don't have enough oil left in our system or if the oil is not sufficient. If we are like the five foolish virgins. Notice they are virgins. They're just foolish. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. In other words, they are born again. But they are careless. They are careless. They are virgins, yes. They are virgins. But they are foolish. Why are they foolish? Because they are not taking paying attention to the needful things. They are careless. They are running around with no oil in their system. They are running around with no word in their system. So they are virgins, but they are foolish nonetheless, which means at the point of their need, they will have nothing to show up. Do you understand that? Amen. So you make sure you top off on a regular basis. How do you do that? How do you top off the oil in your system? <laughs> Anybody? Nobody wants to give it a shot? By the word. By the word. By the word. Absolutely. Intake of the word of God. Intake of God's word. Reading the word. Meditating on the word. Reading the word. Let the word talk to you. Yeah. On a regular basis. Just like food. Just like food. Because what's in you is what's going to come out. When pressure comes against you, if you want to know if you are full of the word, get in a situation with pressure. Let somebody just cut, off, cut you off on the road. And, and you see how you respond. Hey, thank God for you today. Or, or, you gonna, <laughs> or what are you going to say to them? <laughs> yeah, easily. Amen? So we, we, we stay full by making sure we get a good dose of the word of God. And then secondly, I mentioned something else. So lubrication was the first one. And the second one was illumination. Illumination. The Holy Spirit gives us illumination through the word of God. Illumination. And then I said the illumination has two aspects of it. The first one is, it has to do with direction. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a lamp unto my path. Through the word of God, you get direction. God, you, you are reading, you are praying, all of a sudden, bang, something comes up in you. You get direction. And I'm telling you, some of these directions will save you a bundle. Save you a bundle. A bundle. Yep. But besides direction, we also get insight. Illumination. Psalms 119 verse 130. The entrance of that word, it gives me light. And it gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your word, boom, you just get light. Whoa, wow, this is the equation. This is the solution to the problem. 
Whatever it is you're engaged in, whether you're a mechanic, you're an engineer, you're a computer scientist, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you'll be amazed how readily the Holy Spirit has the solution to whatever it is you're dealing with. And just communing with him and talking with him and allow him to, 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 to move in you, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Just today I had an encounter like that. I did. But I, I, can't, I can't go into the details right now. Just today. But, 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 the, but the thing is, God wants to make this a daily thing. It, it, it's, oh man. It, it, you know, we, 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 there's a sense in which, God forbid, somebody has a tumor. We all say, oh man, we need to pray. Because then we're thinking, man, if God, something don't happen, they're out of here. But if you need to save $10, you don't think it's important. <laughs> you don't think it's important? Because $10 on two more. Come on. Look at the gap. But how many people know if you're losing $10 every one hour, <laughs> in, in a month's time, yeah. But not only that, that's not even the point. The point is when you train yourself to get those $10 uh, cues from God, when you need a thousand dollar cue, you know it. You know it. But what's happening is, we're only trying to pay attention when we need a thousand to ten thousand dollars. But when it's time to show us how to save five dollars and ten dollars, ah, no, that's not important, I got it. No. We need to learn to be faithful in a little. So it can make us really love our many. And that's how we exercise our spiritual muscles. Learn to hear how to save five dollars, how to save ten dollars, how to do this, how to do that. Low-hanging fruit, so to speak. When you master those low-hanging fruit, the big ones become easy. And look at David. When he had to fight Goliath. He just didn't run to the field to fight Goliath. He said, listen, when the bears came, I dealt with it. When the lion came, I dealt So he has built for himself a resume. A resume of victory. So now in time of opposition, he looked back at his resume. Ah! The God that did this one and did this one, it be the same one that does that. What's our point of reference? What's our point of reference? We need to allow God to build a memorial in us. Ah, God, you are the one that saved me ten dollars. You are the one that blessed me with fifty dollars. You can also bless me with a thousand. You need to build a memorial and trust the Holy Spirit. He's the administrator. He's the one that God placed here, left here to guide us, to teach us, to comfort us, to give us direction, to bring to our remembrance the things that I cannot tell you how many times I'm scratching my head trying to find a scripture. Man, I can't tell you how many times. I get my machines out, I get my bad thing out, blah, blah. I can't find the scriptures. Then I remember the prayer. Holy Spirit, <laughs> help me to remember. Bang, just like that. Oh, I cannot tell you how many times. So what I'm saying to us tonight, listen, the Holy Spirit is here. He's our helper. And the way we, the way we get him involved is to, to just become men and women that's of, of, of gratitude. Living a thankful life continually. Not just praying two, three hours a day. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with praying two, three hours a day. You should, you can. If you can, that's fine. But what I'm just saying is, the, the real key is developing a communion with the Holy Spirit all throughout the day. All throughout the day. 
constantly thinking about him. Because the truth is, the more you think of him, the less you think of anything else. That's what happens. That's what happens. And folks, we are living in a day and time where we're going to need him more than ever. I mean, especially in this United States of America. It's getting to the point now where we need him more than ever. More than ever. Amen? Any questions or any comments? Well, praise God. Is the L.C. here? I see his wife. Where's the man? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, when, when a, a message is, uh, is coming out, it is with us individually at a, a different level. Correct. So, as, uh, as, as you're talking, mm -hmm. I was looking at it that you are talking to me. You are not talking to the congregation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's God is not a God of abandoned projects. Huh. That's there are some things I need to do but I have a reasonable reason to, to keep it in the cooler. In the cooler. <laughs> so, God, through the Holy Spirit, is telling me and someone else that don't be afraid of understanding. Huh. Don't be afraid of who you will meet. I will take care of the illumination. Amen. I will remove the darkness. Amen. I will oil you. Amen. I will give you understanding. Amen. Sometimes we fail to do what we need to do. And no matter how long we pray, God will not do that which no. we, we ought to no, no, do. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. He told, <laughs> he told Zebubwek, you started it. Yes. You must complete it. And finish it. So every project in my spirit mind Yes. Which I have ticked and have been given reasons. Now I'm taking over. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can we just stand before the, before God tonight and just lift up our hands and just and just worship him for a minute?